I was running for the door. Had to find the passage back to the place I was before. Relax at the night man. We are programmed to receive. You can check out any time you like. But you can never leave. Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely face. They're living it up at the Hotel California. What a nice surprise! Bring your alibis. All right, welcome everyone. It is Thursday, May six, twenty twenty one, and I can tell you that it's a it's a pretty crazy day for me so far. Uh, haven't been able to. Just take a breath, I guess. Uh, it's uh, been a little bit of a wild morning. I thought I'd start uh, today's show. Uh, my guest is currently in a meeting, uh, and maybe it'll be two guests. Maybe it'll be three. Who knows? We're waiting to see how that comes up. But I wanted to show you just how definitions are changed. That's how I wanted to start today. It's important that you guys realize how definitions change. They you realize they tell you they tell you um, how they are creating an infrastructure. They are explaining to you how infrastructure is important, but they're actually redefining it. And I think it's important that you hear it for yourself and see it. So this woman here is the only Democrat that has held the seat in the state of Ohio. This is Marsha Fudge. She is a horrific legislator. I have no idea how she's actually in office. And she's now the secretary. So I want you guys to listen to what she says infrastructure means today. This is key. Because it's all about changing your reality. Now, we spoke about this when I introduced you to the concept of reality hacking, changing one's reality. It's competing truth versus your version of truth or their version of truth or the version of truth that the majority believe is true or better yet, the truth that your overlords tell you is true. Listen to this. At some point, you realize that infrastructure is a foundation. Housing is one of the most important foundations that any family or any person has. 11 million or so people in this country are paying more than 50% of all of their income towards rent. That is not affordable. Affordable means I can live decently and do all the other things that are necessary for me to have a decent life. When COVID first entered our lives, the one thing they said to people was stay home. So if you didn't have a home, you had a problem. Our children were learning virtually. So if they didn't have high-speed internet or broadband, they could not learn. What we have created is a generation of young people 
who will be forever behind if we don't provide them the tools necessary to get ahead. How we care for each other, that is a caring infrastructure. We take care of our seniors and we take care of our children. That is what we do every day. Those foundations make us who we are. This is still America. This is still the country that leads all other nations. If we don't take the bold steps now, when we have the resources and the opportunity and the will, we will never be a country we believe we are. If you'd like to learn more about the American Jobs Plan, please go to whitehouse.gov backslash American Jobs Plan. Right. So now, if you guys didn't know, infrastructure under this administration means caregiving, child care, health care, and schools. It has nothing to do with bridges, buildings, roads, sewage, water, or anything like that. I mean, how dare you even question that? This is where we're at. This is what infrastructure is today. Today, they have redefined infrastructure as human infrastructure. Because remember, it is human infrastructure that they need in order to be able to continue what they are doing. And you know what's more, more in what's incredible is watching other legislators school other corrupt legislators as they should. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, it's May 5th, and this is our first full committee hearing. There's a crisis at the border. The president is talking about abolishing ICE. Our local communities are being threatened by the left's movement to defund the police. You're trying to pack the Supreme Court. The teachers union are stopping kids from going to school. President Biden is bankrupting the country one omnibus bill at a time. And a virus continues to threaten our civil rights. But the House Judiciary's first full committee hearing this Congress is oversight of the Copyright Office. Now, look, we mean no offense to register Perlmutter and the important work her office is doing. In fact, copyrights are a critical part of the U.S. economy, and it's an area ripe for bipartisan work. America's creators and distributors deserve our attention to make sure this is a well-functioning marketplace. We're all proud of the major pieces of copyright legislation that were signed into law in recent years, some that the chairman just talked about, including the Music Modernization Act and the CASE Act. And hopefully this is just the beginning. Last Congress, we began important work looking into Section 512 and other areas of the DMCA that can be approved. And it is our hope that consensus legislation can be identified and actually signed into law. We must keep a watchful eye over the collection and distribution of unclaimed royalties under the Music Modernization Act to ensure that trade associations and big publishers and wealthy artists are not profiting on the back of those without the means to access the money that they are owed. Rampant online piracy of copyrighted movies, TV shows, music, and other content by criminals in China, Russia, and elsewhere must also be stopped and bold steps taken to fight it, such as the felony streaming law we passed late last year. We must continue to look for ways to improve and modernize the copyright system so that it can continue to be the engine for job creation and economic growth for decades to come. I look forward to working with the Copyright Office. We've had a nice conversation with um, with Ms. Perlmutter uh, to take action on all of these vital issues and appreciate that this hearing is an opportunity to help that along. But I hope, I hope that the chairman will finally start to pay similar attention to the many urgent problems facing Americans today, problems I hear about every single time I'm out in our district, as I am today, as many of our colleagues are, 
problems that Americans want us to address, want us to deal with. I hope we get to them soon, Mr. Chairman. And with that, I yield back. Thank you, Mr. Jordan. Without objection, all other opening statements will be included in the record. I will now introduce today's witness. Shira Perlmutter is the Register of Copyrights and Director of the U.S. Copyright Office. All right, so that's where I wanted to take it. So before we go there and we talk about copyrights and intellectual property and how quick they move when we say something, I wanted to show you what the dictionary says is infrastructure, just in case anybody's confused uh, that they're changing uh, definitions. By definition, in the dictionaries across the planet for now, it clearly states that infrastructure is the system the system of public works of a country, state, or region. Also, the resources such as personnel, buildings, or equipment required for an activity. The underlying foundation or basic framework as of a system or organization or the permanent installations required for military purposes. These are the definitions according to Merriam-Webster. Now, think of it this way. Are you... Public works, are you the basic framework to what organization? The human, the human organization that they are claiming is now infrastructure, not your roads, right? Not, not, not the buildings, not the bridges, but you, the people are now infrastructure. Now you are a good. Now you are a commodity. Now they are moving along with that. Speaking of intellectual property, I wanted to show you this. Let me pull it up. Um, so those of you that are on uh, online can see it. Give me a second. I need to log into Twitter um, and get it. There we go. Get to Ilhan Omar. Because what's incredible is, is that suddenly they changed their tune on the intellectual property of vaccines because that's an impeachable offense. Uh, I wanted to find where it is where she said, there we go. Here we go. This is pretty interesting, you guys, because we talked about this. All right, let's pull this up. And technical difficulties. Give me a second. Here we go. Here we go. And let me try to zoom in for you. How it started and how it's going. Wave the vaccine patents, fund vaccine distribution worldwide. Lives are on the line. These extraordinary times and circumstances of call for extraordinary measures. The U.S. supports a waiver of intellectual property protections on COVID-19 vaccines to help the pandemic and will actively participate in the World Trade Organization negotiations to make that happen. Oh, you mean they don't want to they don't want to get this administration impeached. Because it is an impeachable offense. Impeachable and we talked about this yesterday and so be it that yesterday they were like, "Dang, they can impeach us for this." Mm, yes, we can. Because you can't bribe people to make decisions about their health care with money and tax cuts. Because if that's the case, that you're allowed to do that, 
then we should refund all those corporations for the past, I don't know, 30, 40 years that we have been suing and filing and investigating and making them pay millions of dollars for doing it. This is an impeachable offense. But now, by them releasing the intellectual property, it means that other pharmaceutical companies will be able to use this. Therefore, our case against Pfizer being used as their piggy bank, making all this money, isn't enough. It's called bribery, pretty much. That's basically what it is. They're bribing us to take a vaccine, and now they realize that this is an impeachable offense. So they decided maybe we need to remove uh, this intellectual property issue because, you know, that's a problem. Uh, speaking of problems, you know, Jim Jordan made it clear that uh, the unions have been working with the Democrats to keep children away from school. And not only that, they're actually misinforming, miseducating, and forcing children to uh, abide by rules and regulations that um, don't make sense. So I wanted to play this clip from Fox, Failing Our Children. Take a listen to this. Welcome back to the White House doubling down on their defense of the CDC after email showed the agency took word for word recommendation from one of America's largest teachers unions. Our next guest argues this could be a winning issue for the GOP in 2022. It's what they're about. Here to explain, Wall Street Journal columnist and Fox News contributor Jason Riley. Jason, if the Republican stands for anything, it's for putting the kids first and it's for school choice. Both these things line up to the actions of Democrats. How? Well, we, we, we know, Brian, that, that unions exist for the benefit of their members, whether we're talking about auto workers or hotel workers or prison guards. The difference with the teachers unions is that for years they pretend that their interests line up perfectly with those of our children. And the, the pandemic really exposed how what a lie that is. You know, the teachers unions were looking out for their own interest. Our kids suffer uh, academically from these lockdowns, mentally, physically, and so forth. And the teachers unions could care less. They're simply using it as leverage uh, to, to, to get more pay, more benefits, and so forth. And I think this is something that the Republican Party should not let the public forget. They should remind them of this constantly until the midterm elections, take this message into the community and explain to them why the teachers unions are looking out for themselves and not for our children. And Jason, instead of opinion, you have the emails and you say, don't just say, uh, make these announcements and talk uh, and talk to your constituents. Go out to places that didn't vote for you. Go on black radio, go on black television, go into minority communities, explain how you are different and explain what unions have left your kids behind. For example, teachers unions received, excuse me, gave out $40 million to Democratic causes, to the Biden coffers specifically. And this is their payback. Where are kids in this picture? Republicans need to explain that. Absolutely. And, and as you said, they need to take this message directly to these communities. Don't go through the activists. Don't go through the civil rights organizations like the NAACP and so forth. Go directly to the people. Go to the barbershops. Go to the community senators and advertise. Yes, on black radio and television and social media outlets. Take this message directly to the people. And I think they will find a very receptive audience here. Uh, blacks and Hispanics in particular uh, favor school choice. They long have favored school 
chosen polls. And what the Republican Party needs to explain to them is how school choice is the best response right. to what, how the teachers unions treated their children this, this past year. And Jason, that's what vouchers are about. I'm going to give you this voucher. Go to the school that's best for you. Democrats say, no, we'll tell you where to go. Oh, and by the way, that school for the last 14 months has been closed. When you go to school, your teacher's on remote. That's what they chose to do over uh, and allow your kid to lose more ground. In, uh, in this marketplace. Yes, exactly. They have not been following the science, following the facts. You know, the irony here, Brian, is that the children themselves have held up pretty well against the, the, the virus. The, the most damage done to our kids, Brian, has been from the so-called experts and their, and their ridiculous mandates. They've done much more harm to the kids than the actual virus. And again, Republicans need to, to, to take this message directly to these communities. And again, this isn't an identity politics issue like the, like the left uh, uses to go after uh, minority voters. This is a principled stance on education. If you want to do something about violent crime, if you want to do something about drug abuse and teen pregnancy and all the rest, get kids a decent education. And, and that's what this is about. And, and the unions are not interested in that. They are interested in doing what is best for their members. Right. And that is not what these what these families need. Yeah, this is one of those things where everything sometimes you grab an issue and say it's good for me. And sometimes you're about that issue and it all uh, and it happened. And that's what it is. This is about schools, education, putting kids first over unions. Teachers are great. The unions aren't. And that's what the message has to go. Republicans have to stop trying to maximize the vote they have and try to get the votes they don't have. And that's what your column's about. Jason Riley, thanks so much. Hmm. The unions. The unions are the ones that took home the whole election selection. The unions, AFL-CIO, actually houses teachers' unions, post office unions, and every union you can think of is pretty much under that umbrella. It's quite interesting, isn't it? It's very interesting. It's <laughs> it's showing you exactly who they are. And, you know, the more you look at what they're saying, the more you realize just how far gone it is. Um, my daughter currently in school is reading 1984. I'm actually surprised her teacher put that out there. And you know what she says? Holy crap. The people in this book are stupid. It's like, can't they see that they're slaves? And she says, I think the adults in this book would be my generation. And that's correct. That is correct. They're, the generation now in high school and middle school are the adults of Orwell's dystopia of 1984. They have been trained so, very trained so, right? You see it every single day when you're out, the crazy Karens. Um, in my building, a new lady moved in, and um, I saw her alone in the parking lot fumbling with her little cart to bring her things up. And I was like, Hey Phoebe, let's just wait here. So she's not alone at night uh, in the parking. Not that it's not secure. There's cameras, but you never know. Right. So she gets into the elevator. She's like the, <laughs> the most granola munching redhead you've ever seen her mask, black lives matter. And it was just like, and she's a teacher and it's like, okay, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. These are the people that are educating our kids 
uh, she started talking. Me and Phoebe kind of just like, we're like, yeah, okay, hurry up, elevator. Let's get out of here. Um, these people believe that we should be obeying whatever the overlords say. Uh, these people are the ones that are telling us how to operate, how to work, how to think, and how to walk. It is the most insane twist of values and ethos of this nation. It is just, it makes me sick. And the racism, the fact that we're all judging each other on the color of our skin is even worse. And it's coming from the people that are claiming that they're being hurt by that. But if you're white, you can't even apply for some jobs. Well, folks, leave it to the Biden administration to politicize the most bipartisan issues and gaff Joe Biden's way through it. So he did. Today, Joe Biden held a news conference to give an update on his $28.6 billion restaurant revitalization fund. Federal relief that struggling restaurants, bars and other venues can apply for. It allows owners to apply for up to $10 million per business. But there's a catch here. Under the guidelines of this fund, the relief is being prioritized. Are you ready for this? Based on race and gender. Of course it is. This is what they do. And if business owners are considered socially and economically disadvantaged individuals, well, they're put to the top of the list. So the Small Business Administration lists on its website women, veterans, and disadvantaged people as a priority. Translation, white men who are not veterans, apparently you're not eligible. Here's how the Biden administration is defining socially and economically disadvantaged individuals. Part of an economically disadvantaged Indian tribe, subject to racial, ethnic, prejudiced, or cultural bias. Black American, Hispanic American, Native American, Asian American. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did they say that subjected to racial or ethnic prejudice or cultural bias? Well, I guess we all fit in that box. Culturally, we believe in America first. Culturally, right? We believe in the foundations of this nation. So I guess we're all victims too. I mean, I'm subjected to cultural bias because I love America. I'm just saying. But I want to point out, we already know that Biden is indeed a racist, right? He thinks black and brown children are not as smart as white ones. And he also supported segregation, right? But now he's putting out a racist policy. This is excluding anyone that doesn't fit that is not allowed to get any aid. Hello? When are we going to start impeaching people? Where is Congress right now? Where is Congress right now? That's what you should be asking. Where are they? Native American, Asian American. But folks, the China virus affected all Americans and all restaurants in this country at the same time. No matter if the owners are black, white, Asian, Indian, man, woman, who cares? If you're an employee... Do you really care what color your boss is? You just want to go to work. All of it makes no sense to me unless you're playing politics, right? Which appears to be what the Democrats only want to do. 
Well, joining me now is Democrat political strategist and author of the book, The End of Democracy. Doug Schoen is here. Doug, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Grant. Doug, this doesn't really seem to make any sense unless you're just trying to stick people in the side with, with a sharp stick. Grant, I believe you help people based on need, and that's economic need. You're exactly right. We in this country have an obligation to those in affected businesses, like restaurants, certainly to provide help. The legislation is a step definitely in the right direction, but it should be based on economic need, not um, you know gender or race. I have no problems recognizing that there still is gender-based discrimination and racial discrimination, but the way you redress an economic problem that a restaurant or bar or tavern has is based on real need, not not based on gender or race. That has nothing to do you know, with the need the restaurant is or is not facing. If you're trying to open restaurants and bars back up, I have to believe there are some black and Hispanic employees that may work for white owners. And if you're not helping the white owners up, open back up while well, you're hurting those minority employees and, and vice versa through, through all of this. So, you know, I always get heat for having you on the show, Doug. I know you know this, right? But I want to get inside the mind of a Democrat. So you're a strategist for them. What are they doing here? What is Joe Biden's motivation for coming up with a scheme like this? You know, Grant, I grew up in the era where you judge people, as Dr. King said, based on the content of your character. We had race-based initiatives that were at the form and uh, core of segregation. The whole point of the civil rights movement was to get away from judgments based on race so that we had race-blind judgments and that I thought the most effective economic assistance is based on actual need. My party has moved away from that, sadly, to a judgment based on race, ethnicity, um, you know, critical race theory for many, uh, which I think is very, very harmful to my party, to the country, and to the I'm committed to anti-discrimination, to be sure, but the best way to eliminate need is look at those most in need, not look at color of people's skin or gender. Well, clearly, I don't know how else you describe this, but racist against white people. I mean, if, if it was the roles were reversed here and you were saying black people were not going to be eligible, um, doesn't make any sense to me. But this is the games they're playing. And I think they're dividing this country further and further apart. Doug Schoen has. OK, guys, so let's let's unpack this for a second. This is exactly what racism is. Right. What they're doing is exactly what racism is. Why are we allowing it to happen? We're just saying, oh, those radical Democrats. <laughs> what? How is this OK? Where are our legislators in the House to file for impeachment for racist actions? Where are the representatives in the House Filing for racist actions. Where is it? I don't care what color you are. Where are they? They're supposed to be there. How is racism 
okay. Oh, it's against white people, so it's fine. Excuse me? So you're saying, unless my skin color is a shade that you consider impoverished, I didn't get infected. I didn't get affected by this whole control of virus situation. My business didn't turn up and go belly up, right? I didn't lose income. My shop, my bakery, my bar is in the toilet and I have debt that no one's going to pay but me. But because my skin color is wrong, I don't get help yet. I pay taxes, yet I am a citizen, and yet my constitution is supposed to protect me from such actions. And everyone is sitting on their hands. Where are they? How are they allowing this? Well, I've been busy this morning, not only during phone calls, but writing up little letters. So I'm going to send it to everyone. If they do not file for impeachment based on racism, We've lost every, this is very racist. Could you imagine if it said everybody but Hispanics? Let's just put it that way. Or everyone but Asians or everyone but blacks. Think about it. They're sitting there saying, oh, well, you know, democracy is all in the toilet. Ha ha, those darn Democrats. No, you should be outraged. You should be upset. You should be filing for impeachment. You should be out there putting it to the world that we have a selected, because we didn't elect it, administration that is now pushing racist values and orders and bills and rhetoric. This is a big problem and no one is doing anything because the word racist no longer has the weight it used to have. This is how we know who's working for us. While we have Jim Jordan spinning some truth at Jerry Nadler, while apparently his pants aren't up to his throat anymore, no one's doing anything. They're all holding meetings about this and that meetings. I can have a shit ton of meetings too and get zero done. This is being done on purpose. It is to gaslight you. It's for all of us to exit our homes, guns ablazing, and coming out and saying, you want to do this? Let's do this. And that is what they want. We can't give them that. So we need to push, push on our representatives, push local and federal and tell them what the heck is going on. This cannot happen in our nation. This is racist. Remember they did that in South Africa and slaughtered all the white people. You think the purge is funny. (laughs) That can be a documentary really, really quickly, really, really quickly. We need actions. We need to get going. Did you guys see April? How amazing she was yesterday. Did you see her? She runs the Florida group. Did you guys see her? Did you guys see her? We should watch her. I'm going to, I'm going to get that video for us up. But in the meantime, I want you to listen to this because I can't play it because they'll strike. And so hence it's off YouTube. I want you to listen to what reality really is. Quite interesting. We've had this conversation before. Feeling of velvet. Now this mystery is not new. In 1868, 
Thomas Huxley wrote, how it is that anything so remarkable as a state of consciousness comes about as the result of irritating nervous tissue is just as unaccountable as the appearance of the genie when Aladdin rubbed his lamp. Now, Huxley knew that brain activity and conscious experiences are correlated, but he didn't know why. To the science of his day, it was a mystery. In the years since Huxley, science has learned a lot about brain activity, but the relationship between brain activity and conscious experiences is still a mystery. Why? Why have we made so little progress? Well, some experts think that we can't solve this problem because we lack the necessary concepts and intelligence. We don't expect monkeys to solve problems in quantum mechanics, and as it happens, we can't expect our species to solve this problem either. Well, I disagree. I'm more optimistic. I think we've simply made a false assumption. Once we fix it, we just might solve this problem. Today, I'd like to tell you what that assumption is, why it's false, and how to fix it. Let's begin with a question. Do we see reality as it is? I open my eyes, and I have an experience that I describe as a red tomato a meter away. As a result, I come to believe that in reality, there's a red tomato a meter away. I then close my eyes, and my experience changes to a gray field. But is it still the case that in reality, there's a red tomato a meter away? I think so. But could I be wrong? Could I be misinterpreting the nature of my perceptions? We've misinterpreted our perceptions before. We used to think the Earth is flat because it looks that way. Pythagoras discovered that we were wrong. Then we thought that the Earth is the unmoving center of the universe, again, because it looks that way. Copernicus and Galileo discovered, again, that we were wrong. Galileo then wondered if we might be misinterpreting our experiences in other ways. He wrote, I think that tastes, odors, colors, and so on reside in consciousness. Hence, if the living creature were removed, all these qualities would be annihilated. Now, that's a stunning claim. Could Galileo be right? Could we really be misinterpreting our experiences that badly? What does modern science have to say about this? Well, neuroscientists tell us that about a third of the brain's cortex is engaged in vision. When you simply open your eyes and look about this room, billions of neurons and trillions of synapses are engaged. Now, this is a bit surprising, because to the extent that we think about vision at all, we think of it as like a camera. It just takes a picture of objective reality as it is. Now, there is a part of vision that's like a camera. The eye has a lens that focuses an image on the back of the eye, where there are 130 million photoreceptors. So the eye is like a 130-megapixel camera. But that doesn't explain the billions of neurons and trillions of synapses that are engaged in vision. What are these neurons up to? Well, neuroscientists tell us that they're creating, in real time, all the shapes, objects, colors, and motions that we see. 
it feels like we're just taking a snapshot of this room the way it is, but in fact, we're constructing everything that we see. We don't construct the whole world at once. We construct what we need in the moment. Now, there are many demonstrations that are quite compelling that we construct what we see. I'll just show you two. In this example, you see some red disks with bits cut out of them. But if I just rotate the disks a little bit, suddenly you see a 3D cube pop out of the screen. Now, the screen, of course, is flat, so the three-dimensional cube that you're experiencing must be your construction. In this next example, you see glowing blue bars with pretty sharp edges moving across a field of dots. In fact, no dots move. All I'm doing from frame to frame is changing the colors of dots from blue to black or black to blue. But when I do this quickly, your visual system creates the glowing blue bars with the sharp edges and the motion. There are many more examples, but these are just two that you construct what you see. But neuroscientists go further. They say that we reconstruct reality. So when I have an experience that I describe as a red tomato, that experience is actually an accurate reconstruction of the properties of a real red tomato that would exist even if I weren't looking. Now, why would neuroscientists say that we don't just construct, we reconstruct? Well, the standard argument given is usually an evolutionary one. Those of our ancestors who saw more accurately had a competitive advantage compared to those who saw less accurately, and therefore they were more likely to pass on their genes. We're the offspring of those who saw more accurately, and so we can be confident that, in the normal case, our perceptions are accurate. You see this in the standard textbooks. One textbook says, for example, evolutionarily speaking, vision is useful precisely because it's so accurate. So the idea is that accurate perceptions are fitter perceptions. They give you a survival. Now, is this correct? Is this the right interpretation of evolutionary theory? Well, let's first look at a couple examples in nature. The Australian jewel beetle is dimpled, glossy, and brown. The female is flightless. The male flies, looking, of course, for a hot female. When he finds one, he alights and mates. There's another species in the outback, Homo sapiens. The male of this species has a massive brain that he uses to hunt for cold beer. <laughs> and when he finds one, he drains it and sometimes throws the bottle into the outback. Now, as it happens, these bottles are dimpled, glossy, and just the right shade of brown to tickle the fancy of these beetles. The males swarm all over the bottles, trying to mate. They lose all interest in the real females. A classic case of the male leaving the female for the bottle. The species almost went extinct. Australia had to change its bottles to save its beetles. <laughs> Now, the males had successfully found females for thousands, perhaps millions of years. It looked like they saw reality as it is, but apparently not. 
evolution had given them a hack. A female is anything dimpled, glossy, and brown. The bigger, the better. <laughs> Even when crawling all over the bottle, the male couldn't discover his mistake. Now you might say beetles, sure, they're very simple creatures, but surely not mammals. Mammals don't rely on tricks. Well, I won't dwell on this, but you get the idea. <laughs> so this raises an important technical question: Does natural selection really favor seeing reality as it is? Fortunately, we don't have to wave our hands and guess. Evolution is a mathematically precise theory. We can use the equations of evolution to check this out. We can have various organisms and artificial worlds compete and see which survive and which thrive, which sensory systems are more fit. A key notion in those equations is fitness. Consider this steak. What does this steak do for the fitness of an animal? Well. For a hungry lion looking to eat, it enhances fitness. For a well-fed lion looking to mate, it doesn't enhance fitness. And for a rabbit in any state, it doesn't enhance fitness. So fitness does depend on reality as it is, yes, but also on the organism, its state, and its action. Fitness is not the same thing as reality as it is, and its fitness. And not reality as it is that figures centrally in the equations of evolution. So, in my lab, we have run hundreds of thousands of evolutionary game simulations with lots of different randomly chosen worlds and organisms that compete for resources in those worlds. Some of the organisms see all of the reality, others see just part of the reality, and some see none of the reality, only fitness. Who wins? Well, I hate to break it to you, but perception of reality goes extinct. In almost every simulation, organisms that see none of reality but are just tuned to fitness drive to extinction all the organisms that perceive reality as it is. So the bottom line is, evolution does not favor vertical or accurate perceptions. Those perceptions of reality go extinct. Did you gather what he just said? He said that if you stick to the truth and the facts, you will be eliminated by those that have a higher fitness. Fitness doesn't mean that you're fit and that you go running. It means that you have power and that you can survive. So they're few, we're many, and we're the ones sticking with facts. Ergo, the problem here is. That those that do not like facts are considered fit. Now this is a bit stunning. How can it be that not seeing the world accurately gives us a survival advantage? That is a bit counterintuitive. But remember the jewel beetle. The jewel beetle survived for thousands, perhaps millions of years, using simple tricks and hacks. What the equations of evolution are telling us is that all organisms, including us, are in the same boat. As the jewel beetle, we do not see reality as it is. We're shaped with tricks and hacks that keep us alive. Still, we need some help with our intuitions. How can not perceiving reality as it is be useful?
fortunately, we have a very helpful metaphor, the desktop interface on your computer. Consider that blue icon for a TED talk that you're writing. Now, the icon is blue and rectangular and in the lower right corner of the desktop. Does that mean that the text file itself in the computer is blue, rectangular, and in the lower right-hand corner of the computer? Of course not. Anyone who thought that misinterprets the purpose of the interface. It's not there to show you the reality of the computer. In fact, it's there to hide that reality. You don't want to know about the diodes and resistors and all the megabytes of software. If you had to deal with that, you could never write your text file or edit your photo. So the idea is that evolution has given us an interface that hides reality and guides adaptive behavior. Space and time, as you perceive them right now, are your desktop. Physical objects are simply icons in that desktop. There's an obvious objection. Hoffman, if you think that train coming down the track at 200 miles an hour is just an icon of your desktop, why don't you step in front of it? And after you're gone and your theory with you, we'll know that there's more to that train than just an icon. Well, I wouldn't step in front of that train for the same reason that I wouldn't carelessly drag that icon to the trash can. Not because I take the icon literally. The file is not literally blue or rectangular. But I do take it seriously. I could lose weeks of work. Similarly, evolution has shaped us with perceptual symbols that are designed to keep us alive. We better take them seriously. If you see a snake, don't pick it up. If you see a cliff, don't jump off. They're designed to keep us safe, and we should take them seriously. That does not mean that we should take them literally. That's a logical error. Another objection. Now, there's nothing really new here. Physicists have told us for a long time that the metal of that train looks solid, but really it's mostly empty space with microscopic particles zipping around. There's nothing new here. Well, not exactly. It's like saying, I know that that blue icon on the desktop is not the reality of the computer. But if I pull out my trusty magnifying glass and look really closely, I see little pixels. And that's the reality of the computer. Well, not really. You're still on the desktop. And that's the point. Those microscopic particles are still in space and time. They're still in the user interface. So I'm saying something far more radical than those physicists. Finally, you might object. Look, we all see the train. Therefore, none of us constructs the train. But remember this example. In this example, we all see a cube. But the screen is flat. So the cube that you see is the cube that you construct. We all see a cube because we all, each one of us, constructs the cube that we see. The same is true of the train. We all see a train because we each see the train that we construct. And the same is true of all physical objects. We're inclined to think that perception is like a window on reality as it is. The theory of evolution is telling us that this is an incorrect interpretation of our perceptions. Instead, reality is more like a 3D desktop that's designed to hide the complexity of the real world and guide adaptive behavior. Space, as you perceive it, is your desktop. Physical objects are just the icons in that desktop. We used to think that the Earth is flat because it looks that way. 
Then we thought that the Earth is the unmoving center of reality because it looks that way. We were wrong. We had misinterpreted our perceptions. Now we believe that space-time and objects are the nature of reality as it is. The theory of evolution is telling us that once again we're wrong. We're misinterpreting the content of our perceptual experiences. There's something that exists when you don't look, but it's not space-time and physical objects. It's hard for us to let go of space-time and objects as it is for the jewel beetle to let go of its bottle. Why? Because we're blind to our own blindnesses. But we have an advantage over the jewel beetle: our science and technology. By peering through the lens of a telescope, we discovered that the Earth is not the unmoving center of reality. By peering through the lens of the theory of evolution, we discovered that space-time and objects are not the nature of reality. When I have a perceptual experience that I describe as a red tomato, I am interacting with reality. But that reality is not a red tomato, and is nothing like a red tomato. Similarly, when I have an experience that I describe, so let me stop right there. We've talked about this before. The reality that they construct, and those in power, the way they tell us how we're supposed to think, talk, walk, what's acceptable, what is pretty, what is not, what is good, what is evil. It is a mass. Acceptance of reality. I've used the example of what if we all had the same shared reality that the sky was purple, right? And we all believed in our hearts that it was purple. And there were many of us that would say that the sky was purple. Guess what? One day you'll look up and the sky will be purple. This is why I say what the Democrats have done now. To push the normancy of racism against white people, we are saying this is wrong. We are saying this doesn't fit into reality. How it's not racist against people that don't have the right shade of color to be discriminated against, and they are pushing on the media, on their doc- official government document, that it is okay. This is how you change reality by imposing it on others, by dismissing their concerns and telling them what they're supposed to see. We've talked many times. I've told you even your hand is not a solid; it is just a bunch of atoms. And I speak to it from the perception of a scientist because I've seen how they operate. So they're hijacking your reality to normalize very evil things, things that will create great turmoil within our nation. This is how you control a population by telling them what's true, telling them what's good, telling them to dismiss any inner feeling of upsetness. Oh, that makes me upset. That you would discriminate against brown people, but it doesn't make me upset. White people, because it's widely accepted. We can hang them all. We can enslave them all. We can kill them all. We can hang them 
you know, from their toes. We can uh, beat them. We can grind them up into a nice flour and maybe use them for protein shakes because they're just white people and it's okay. This is how it begins. Remember, they have to unperson you before they do it. And what did I say about the masks at the beginning of 2020? They unperson you. And I bring the example again of the evil children case in the United Kingdom. It's a legal case, making the argument that children are evil. And what was so interesting and intriguing about that case is that these children were young. They were between the ages of four and eight, if I remember correctly. They were under 10. And they took an infant and they dismembered an infant and then tied it up to the railroad tracks to see it get run over, even though it was dead already. But in order for them to do that, they had to spill paint on the baby's face. So the infant, as it was crying, had green paint all over its face. So that made them disassociate from them seeing that infant as a human, as a living being, as something that feels pain. So as the mother was inside cooking and the children took were playing with the infant outside, they took it just a, a couple hundred feet up and did all that. And the argument was that the children were evil that they made an argument for evil children. But in order for them to succeed, and this is what the psychologists were talking about, they had to make it not look human or approachable. And that is the first thing they did. They got upset when they went out there that the baby was crying, nobody wanted to carry it. So they decided, let's have fun and dismember it with sticks, stones, and metal things that we find on the side of the tracks. Well, it's bleeding and crying. Well, let's just throw some of this paint we have here. Doesn't really look human anymore. So let's go ahead and do it. How did the African chiefs sell their slaves to the men that came on the boats in the river Niger? They put masks on their face. How did the Egyptians di distinguish between royalty and the workers, which were the rest? They put masks on them. This is how they create this distance. I've talked about this at extensive lengths at the beginning of this whole control of virus thing. They dehumanize you. They want to make seeing a smile rare. Don't touch each other. Stay away. Fear the other person. Stand back. Dehumanize. That allows you to be susceptible to dehumanization. And this is how they unperson you. So perception is everything. How you perceive things is how your reality is. Where one person might see dire circumstances and stressors and, oh my gosh, I would do this in that position. Another person's like, Shh, that's a Tuesday for me. I eat it for lunch, right? Because it's about perception and the ability for someone to overcome what the um, majority wish to superimpose on you is reality. So uh, again, what you have to understand, and you know, I've done a TED talk too. They're not online, <laughs> I guess. I've never seen it, but there are some really great people 
that put together really good content. And I've said this coming to you as one of the masters of reality hacking. I mean, I I didn't invent it, but I'm very well versed in it. And so if you understand how it works, it's a lot easier to stay true to your gut. It allows you to stay true to your gut. This is why I say, trust your gut. Do not walk in sight, but walk in faith. Faith inside of you. This is very, very important. Your reality is what you make it. And if we envision a reality where we have won, that we are winning, that we are eliminating them, guess what? That comes to fruition in a heartbeat. You know, I'm going to say something completely uh, in in a more, you know, blanket statement because I don't want to get into details. But yesterday... I um, was confronted with a conversation with someone. I needed to do some stuff. And the con- and the conversation was, damn, there's a lot of lawfare, Tori. You ready for this? I'm ready for it. What about, you know, how you're going to carry it through? Uh, it'll come. Whatever it is, it'll come. I may not have it now, but I know it will come. Guys, I shit you not. Some came. Support came in the weirdest, weirdest way. So if you believe it, it happens. I've already told you we won. The point is that just because the end point is winning, how close do you want it? Do you want it now? Do you want it tomorrow? What about in a year? What about in three years or maybe 30 years? The choice is yours. Because no outcome can occur without the work being done. And you are that work. You see, the more you take control of who, what, when, where, the more they lose control of the narrative. That's very important. So let's see, where is this? Oh gosh, darn it. Did it not go? Let me see. I wanted to show you something. This is a child that was crying because it was being forced to wear a mask. I want you guys to see how this child's reality was reluctant to what she was being forced to do. This is quite, it was hard for me to watch only because I understand what her instincts are saying. Children are very intelligent. They just don't know how to articulate it. Listen to this. So the child ran home because it didn't want to wear a mask. The child couldn't breathe in the mask, cried. I can't breathe in this mask. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to school if I have to wear this mask. How, how hard is that to watch it? Just, just think about it. And that's because 
There are people that have embraced the reality that this is what you're supposed to do. And these are the types of people. Listen to this person's reality. Pay attention. This is their reality. Dr. Fauci, give us vaccines. Help all the people who have been quarantined. We'll wear our masks and we'll have to stay distant. We'll wash our hands and we'll be more resistant. Fauci, yes? Promise us, please. We'll have a cure that can fight off this disease. Restrictions will lift with some ease. Dr. Fauci, don't forget me. First of all, that boy looked like he was special. So that was abuse. That's number one. Number two, there are a lot of people that live in that reality right now. They believe that they are going to die for a flu that has a 99.7% survival rate. They believe that vaccinating the world, force vaccinating, force vaccinations and wearing masks and distancing from each other is the way to go. And you know what sucks more is that they lie to themselves because the majority of them out of a hundred of them that say it only a handful like that person that have mental hindrances, comprehensive mental hindrances, cognitive disabilities, right? Actually believe it. The others pretend to because that's socially correct. They pretend to do it because it's socially correct. They are being conditioned to believe that that is the way to go. That's what sucks. That is what really sucks. So perception and reality are very important things. Listen to what else he says. As a lion or a steak, I'm interacting with reality, but that reality is not a lion or a steak. And here's the kicker. When I have a perceptual experience that I describe as a brain or neurons, I am interacting with reality. But that reality is not a brain or neurons, and it's nothing like a brain or neurons. And that reality, whatever it is, is the real source of cause and effect in the world. Not brains, not neurons. Brains and neurons have no causal powers. They cause none of our perceptual experiences and none of our behavior. Brains and neurons are a species-specific set of symbols, a hack. What does this mean for the mystery of consciousness? Well, it opens up new possibilities. For instance, perhaps reality is some vast machine that causes our conscious experiences. I doubt this but it's worth exploring. Perhaps reality is some vast interacting network of conscious agents, simple and complex, that cause each other's conscious experiences. Actually, this isn't as crazy an idea as it seems, and I'm currently exploring it. But, but here's the point. Once we let go of our massively intuitive, 
but massively false assumption about the nature of reality. It opens up new ways to think about life's greatest mystery. I bet that reality will end up turning out to be more fascinating and unexpected than we'd ever imagined. The theory of evolution presents us with the ultimate dare. Dare to recognize that perception is not about seeing truth. It's about having kids. And by the way, even this TED is just in your head. Thank you very much. Incredible. Your actions and your thoughts actually drive reality and the outcome. If you believe they have power, then so be it. And I've said this before. They only look like giants because you're on your knees. You stand up to them. You tell them. You come together as one. Remember that group of um, people from one of the Tory Says groups that all went shopping together at Whole Foods where they were? Or was it Walmart maskless? They couldn't change their reality. They changed the reality for the others, right? Saying, come on, man, stop being vaginas and let's get it done. Now let's talk perception, okay? I want to talk perception, but in regards to Hunter Biden. So we're going to do that right after this short break because now you're going to be able to see clearly now. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. It's gonna be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. Think I can make it now, the pain is gone All of the bad feelings have disappeared Here is the rainbow I've been praying for It's gonna be a bright, bright, sunshiny day Look all around, there's nothing but blue skies Look straight ahead, nothing but blue skies Well, let's shine some light right now. Are you guys ready for this? So let's visit an old Department of Justice announcement. And we're going to go through this together because it's important we do. So that way we can put people on their toes and say, why haven't we talked about the hose? Article coming. Uh, it's just, you know, like Patrick Berge always says, it's not a coincidence that everything happens at once. So let me go through this with you. Let me see if I can zoom in a little bit more. This was actually released on December 5th, 2018, right? 2018. 
Patrick Ho, former head of an organization backed by Chinese energy conglomerate, convicted of international bribery, money laundering offenses. Ho seemed to bribe the president of Chad, president of foreign president and foreign minister of Uganda. That's what he got caught for. So China Energy Company Limited, CEFC China, 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 China. Now you're going to say Africa. I told you guys, wait till Africa comes into picture. But we're not going to talk about Africa right now. What we're going to talk about is this company, a simple company. So I'm going to show you about this company because you need to know about this company. Ready? So for many of you that don't know this, Hunter Biden was actually a lawyer. And um, I wanted to show you the state of Delaware that registered this guy's company, right? What he said, I, Jeffrey Bullock, Secretary of the State of Delaware, do hereby certify the attached as the true and correct copy of the Certificate of Cancellation of Hudson West III LLC. Let me see. You're not seeing this. There we go. So I just want you to see that for a second. What's Hudson West III LLC? Filed this office on the 5th day of November 2018. Oh, just before the announcement of the Department of Justice. Okay. Look at his nice signature. Authentication. Boom. The name of the limited liability company is Hudson West III LLC. They created this company in April, exactly April 19th, 2016. Want to take a wild guess what the Chinese were doing at that time? Anybody want to take a wild guess what Hunter was doing at that time? I think he was cashing some super checks. What, Tori? You can't say stuff like that. Well, maybe I should show you some receipts. Receipts that all these amazing journalists have and don't talk about. But let's just uh, look at this. Authorized person is Mervyn Yang. Pick anywhere, Mervyn. So uh, on the second day of November, right, 2018, they canceled the company because on December 5th, less than a month later, the announcement came out from the Department of Justice. So, of course, we need to remove any association, right? So that was, damn, what happened there? Look at that. April 19th, 2016. Huh. That's so fascinating. Wonder what Joe Biden, what Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, Frank Biden, and Hunter Biden were all doing. Well, I think it's important we visit that. I think we should look at what kind of receipts do you guys want to look at? You want to look at um, travel expenses that um, uh, Hunter Biden was getting paid for by this company after it shut down? You do, right? Because he was reimbursed in 2018, but the company uh, shut down during that time. Uh, I just wanted to show you that. It's, it's, it's quite fascinating. But nobody wants to talk about that, right? Because, you know, it's actual news. And it's actually damning news. Oh, look at that. Let's see. Let's zoom in on this little puppy right here. <sighs> Let's zoom in. Let's take a look at what we've got here. What does Tori have for us today? Huh. Kind of looks like an expense claim by Hunter Biden. So we have travel and accommodations. He was reimbursed $3,000 at six Columbus room charge. So it was 
Robert Hunter Biden travel, right? 3,000, 2,800, 2,000, 1,500. Look, oh, look, entertainment. Let's see, conference. So all of this, 2017. Oh, they paid his Yale quarterly dues <laughs> for him, right? So in total, by the Chinese, right? By the company that was shut down, Hudson West III, Hunter Biden received $16,000 in expenses, of course. This was just expensive. They paid his Yale Club uh, quarterly dues and all his meals, too, and his rooms and, you know, everything. They, they fixed that for him, of course. So I want you guys to be paying attention to this. This is Hunter Biden's reimbursement from the Chinese, from that company that was found to be money laundering. Wait, there's more because nobody wants to talk about this. I'm going to talk about it. Let's go to the next thing that all these China reporters have had for oh, so long and just uh, don't want to uh, put it out there. I think we should go on to, let's see, should we go about the accounts Right. So as you know, Patrick Ho was um, arrested, right, and taken into custody and put away, right? He was put away. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, not that one. I just want to, there's so many documents. I'm trying to find which one I want to show you because then that gets into Kazakhstan. That's another story. We can talk about that later. I want to just stick to Mr. Ho. And in the great words of Gavin Wince, with all the hoes, the Biden should be a fire department. Yeah, because we got a lot of hoes going on here. Hoes, hoes, hoes. Where is that piece? Let me see. Hold on. I think I have it over here. And I want to bring it over here. So this is a file that I've compiled. We're going to talk about Joe Biden's um, brother now. Let's see. Let's do that. Let's show Joe Biden's brother involved with all this. Because, you know, even though we like to call Hunter crackhead, it's way more than that. He was a pretty smart and efficient crackhead. Let's take a look at this. Let's zoom in. So this is... An email received. CFC China Energy Wikipedia. We don't have big Chinese art show at Christie's in New York to honor Chairman Yi's contribution to Chinese-American relations. We could have Bruce Springsteen or Eric Clampton sell a guitar or two for their favorite charity or something. Cool. What does Yi like? Who are his favorite musicians? Hmm. That was sent to Jim Biden. And Hunter Biden, right, from Bob Fennett at Fennett Law to see what they can do to help the Chinese. Here's James Biden. Look at that. Hunter told him to go to his office, but at the end, Hunter had some problem since he never showed up. Oh, wait a minute. Is that Jonathan Lee? Is it? Oh, wait a minute. Didn't Joe Biden say that he only met the guy once by accident in D.C.? Wait a minute. Did someone lie? Is this Jonathan Lee? You got to stop. Stop it, Tori. This is wrong because Joe Biden wouldn't lie. He wouldn't say that he was involved with Chinese spies and Chinese government people, right? No, 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 no. Wait, what? 
What happened? Nico, can you provide a call-in number? CEFC, the Chinese energy company that you saw, you know, that was on that DOJ announcement, will be in the U.S. along with Hunter. I'll be joining the call from Ireland. So the Chinese are going to be in the U.S. with Hunter. Um, and I'll be joining the call from Ireland. I'd prefer if we provided the call-in number. That would be fine. Thanks, Jim. That was Jim Biden, Joe Biden's brother, sorting all that out to get all of these foreigners on this call. Send the flight info, says Jim to Hunter. They're driving me crazy. We're going directly to the from the airport to our stops, Finn Pub, Cemetery, etc. Jean's very casual. Call me. Are we going on from London? CEFC? Oh, the Chinese again. <laughs> oh, stop. Stop it. Let's see. Where should we go? This is Mervyn Yang, the guy that signed that company that was uh, actually put in jail for only three years from money laundering, just about Africa though, has nothing to do with the money laundering you're going to see here. Okay, guys, don't pay attention to anything else, right? Just focus on the African part. So this is that Mervyn Yang guy. You see it? Do you see that? This is the stuff that your journalists have been sitting on their asses with not reporting. But you know what? I guess Tory has to do it. This is from March in 2018, while they were money laundering all of this. Oh, look, all of that. All of that. Let's just, who's the big guy? I don't know. But look at this. Here we go. Jim. 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 Let's keep going. Mervin. Oh, my. Here we go. This is all stuff we've put together so nicely. I'm so proud of the work that was put together. Look at all these. Hey, could you let us know which way to reach you urgently? We're all going to jail. Help us. Super. Ch- oh, wait. You guys should see this. This is a pretty picture. But we'll talk about Kazakhstan later. <laughs> okay, let's just keep going. Uh, we're done with this document. Let's go to another one. How's we go to bank statements? That would be good. So... We've got bank statements showing a shit ton of money coming in from China. You ready for this? All right, here we go. So we got a Chinese bank hanging out. Cathay Pacific. I actually like the airlines. So I just want to see what's going on here. What is that? $4 million cash management transfer. I see. Domestic wire going to Wells Fargo Clearing Services, 220000 165000 That was all going to Wells Fargo. Wait a minute. Who banks with Wells Fargo? That's right. Oh, shoot. It was Hunter. Okay. I'm just pointing this out. These are the wire transfers to our little Hunter Biden. Wait, we have more. We have way more. Hold on. I've got some more bank statements to show you. I've told you about Wells Fargo and the money, you know, that uh, uh, went on to, uh, what was it, Iran, right, on a, on a, on a nice uh, plane, right? So interesting. Here's what we need to um, look at. Let's see. Let me see. Is this the right one? Uh, give me a second. Hmm. Hmm. Let me see. I'm just trying to see if this is one that I want to show you here that's pretty incredible. We should we should we should show how 
involved, Hunter Biden was with this money launderer, right? And that company, let's, let's go through that together. Okay. Let's do that together because they knew there was a problem in April of 2010 while they were getting money. So I think it's important. We do, um, pay attention to that. I, th I think that's quite important. Let's do that one. Let's, uh, take a look at that one. I think that that would tickle your guys's fancy a lot. Let's take a look. Let's see. Oh, looks like I'm having some weird technical difficulties. I can't see my screen. There we go. Now I can. Now I can. Hold on, guys. I can't do anything. Everything's frozen on my end. I don't think they want you to see this. Hold on. As long as you can hear me, I'm still here. Okay, let's get the screen going. We just have to be patient. I'm so sorry. We're just going to have to wait until, you know, I know you're not seeing the documents. I'm not even showing the documents. I can't share it yet. You got to hold on. Gosh, darn it with these technical difficulties. Can we work now? No, the whole browser's frozen. So let's just hold on. Uh, you can't see anything. There's nothing to see here right now. <laughs> okay. Everyone keeps saying, I can't see it. I'm telling you, you can't see because they're, <laughs> the computer has now stalled. So we're just going to hold on for a second. It's going to have to, there we go. It's going to have to give me some leeway. I mean, there's only so much they can hide. Let's wait a little bit. It's getting super hot in here. Let's just wait a little bit. As long as you guys can hear me, it's all right. I'm being patient. Because you got to see this. You got to see how Hunter Biden, Jim, how how involved Hunter Biden was with this money launderer that only got busted for Uganda and Chad, right? What have we said about China and Africa? Jeez. All right. Come on. Can, can I, can I, can I work now? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. I went to the PDF. I can do this now. There we go. There we go. Let's get that PDF. Wait, it's got to update now. It's not wanting to update, <laughs> but maybe I can read it to you while we wait. 10th of April, 2018 coming in from Mr. Bow. Hey, Hunter, how are you? Hope everything is going well for you. Remember the Hudson West LLC name that we reserved? I was able to get it registered as a limited liability company automatically upon the end of our corporate name reservation expiration slash deadline. I don't know what's your plan next, but regardless, you should have it. In case it might be any use to you in the future, this is why I registered Hudson West LLC for you. So keep in mind, only Hudson West, the third LLC, has been shut down. Are you paying attention? Thank you. Hudson West LLC is temporarily registered under my name. My name and information simply serve as a placeholder for the purpose of completing the paperwork on time. We have to register now so that we don't lose this name that both you and Uncle Jim prefer. It is very important to meet the deadline because there were some confusions on companies with similar names. I would be happy to transfer to you or whomever you sought fit. Just let me know. It is really all for you and it's your company. Wait, I'm sorry. What? Wait, did, 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 did the Chinese guy just say that that company is Hunter's and Uncle Jim's? You mean James Biden? <laughs> 
What? Stop it. Stop. Okay. I'm going to wait a bit until my uh, browser decides to work. I hope you guys could hear me reading it. All right, then. I guess it's acting up. My um, my service is really, really playing up. Let's do this. Okay, here we go. You guys ready for this? Hopefully it shows. Let's see. Trying to share. Whoop. Do we have liftoff? Ooh, it's still in the red. Do we have liftoff? Can people see this? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, what is going on here? There we go. There we go. Oh, dear. Does that look like Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Jim Biden and Frank Biden? All of the freaking Bidens have Hudson West LLC, Hudson West 2 LLC, and Hudson West 3 LLC because they like the name Hudson West, like the Chinese guy said on the email. Um, I'm going to, I'm hoping that you guys can see. Um, so we're going to keep going here. March 28th, 2018. Hey, Hunter expense report. If everything is okay with the expense report, I'm going to turn it in later today or tomorrow when I will be able to reach the accounting person, Sharon. If there is any changes, other additions to the expense report, just let me know before 6 p.m. today, before I turn it in slash email over to accounting. Next topic, computer items I left behind. I'm going to turn in the computer and office key, et cetera, by Friday to Kevin Mervin's office. Wait, Mervin Yang was the one for uh, Hudson West the third LLC, but this guy's talking about Hudson West LLC, just regular. Oh, and he has an interesting DC number. So funny. Anyway, um, I'm going to hand the key over to Kevin slash Mervin's office administrator, manager person, Lucy. Actual name is Ling Liu. Going forward, if you ever need anything that I don't have access to, talk to Mervin or talk to her since whatever item I left behind will be turned into her. Before turning in the computer, I will do a routine cleansing deletion of the computer so there won't be anything files there unless there is something you want me to keep for you, Mervin or Kevin. Kevin, hey. Please let me know ASAP if you have any special instructions before the end of the day today, before 11 p.m. tonight, before I set up the auto-cleansing function prior to hitting the sack. Last day, this Friday, 3.30, meaning the 30th of March, is my last day. After that, I won't have access to the office. Meanwhile, let me know if there's anything else I can do helpful. Still can get a lot of things done within one day. Once again, even after I left, or anything I can do, just let me know. We'll do my best to help as a good friend. Isn't it nice to have really fun? And um, what is going on with my stream, you guys? You guys can hear me, but can you see it? I don't know if you guys can see this because I'm not seeing anything. It's just completely frozen on my end. So I'm hoping you guys can. I'm not updating at all. I'm going to hop over to Twitch and see. Okay, so you guys can see it. All right, that's fine. As long as you're watching it on Twitch, I'm good. Let's keep going. I'm going to keep reading. All right. March 26, 2018. Because, oh, I started from the back. Maybe we should start from, I don't know, the beginning. 
the way it's organized. Okay, here we go. November 20th, 2017. Hunter Biden wrote, Jay, please print ASAP for Kevin. Kevin, the guy that has Hudson West the third LLC with Mervin, right? Okay, I'm just I'm just trying to understand. Edward Kim sending to Hunter Biden and Paul Krieger. Oh, what? Hold on. And Nick Lewin. Hunter attaches the complaint charging Dr. Ho. Best Ed. To Hunter Biden from our Chinese friend that's leaving in 2018. Happy Thanksgiving, Hunter. Hope everything is going well with you. And I'm still not getting used to your MIA of never picking up your phone and not reachable at all. On Dr. Ho, I know you must be busy to figure this out. And please let me know if the, if I can be anything of help. Remember, he's Chinese, so the verbiage is weird. Must be a lot of work and stress. But do take care of yourself while catching up on some newspaper reading. You'd be surprised. I read about him in the current issue on Chinese entertainment news. His wife is a movie star, a big deal celebrity, and sought after star from you and Uncle Jim's generation. On the issue at hand, I hope to take this as a learning opportunity to learn something from you as I'm clueless about legal knowledge. One, I just don't get it. Why the U.S. has this legitimacy or authority to sue when whatever involved is not happening in the U.S. and no U.S. company is involved? In case if someone really should sue, it should be Hong Kong or the African country government as it involves its citizens. How is this has anything to do with U.S. or something happened in U.S. and through U.S. Bank? or some international lawy that every country follows. Are you catching what this guy is saying? He's like, I don't understand why in the United States they're filing charges against him when, you know, it's a Chinese company, not an American company, and it has nothing to do with America, but it's just violations in Africa and, you know, using Hong Kong. So in essence, the real people that have any case of suing are the Africans and the people from Hong Kong, not the Americans. So is there like some universal law, he says, that they follow? I just don't understand why they're suing him. And he's not being sued. He went, he supposedly got only three years of jail. Number two, he said, further, Dr. Ho are well regarded with his extensive experience in various field circles, the medical world, business world, and Hong Kong political circle. So the U.S. government thought he did, based on U.S. government standards, might be his dealing with whatever various circle companies he's close to or personal matter may or may not be related to CEFC. Why is the U.S. government is so certain to the linkage? Looking forward to learning from you. And I want to know your trick on how to read through the bo- all the boring paper without falling asleep. In this time of gratitude, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for the opportunity and trust you have given me and for everything you have done to cope with your obnoxious associate. Many thanks for having been the most amazing and understanding boss and the most charismatic friend and co-conspirator in mischief. Wishing you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving holiday. Huh. So Mr. Ho is very well respected. I mean, why did they like suddenly say, oh, you know, CFEC is like a big problem. So here we go. 
ready for this good stuff? Hey, Hunter, maybe you've already seen them, but just in case, please see below a couple of news clips I think you want to check out. Southern Morning China Post says, highly respected major newspaper by the financial community in Hong Kong and international business with operations in Hong Kong. SCMP is like Hong Kong's local version of the New York Times and Wall Street Journal. Number one from that China Morning Post. Ho may yet be proven innocent, but his arrest will inevitably be lumped with the jailing of two of his former bosses, former Chief Secretary Rafael Hui Sayan and former Chief Executive Donald Tung Yam Kin, both from his conduct of public office. Number two article from the China Morning Post. Expect more U.S. corruption problems, probes or probles, it says, involving firms with linked to China, legal experts say. Arrest of Patrick Ko could be a sign. Regulators are becoming more aggressive in investigating China. He said Ho's arrest could be a signal that U.S. regulators were becoming more aggressive in investigating China. More companies with Chinese ties could be ensnared in corruption investigations in the United States as Washington becomes more familiar with business practices in China, legal experts say. The U.S. Security Exchange Commission punished 26 companies for violating the act last year, 13 of them with China Connection, according to SEC website. One of those pharmaceutical firm AstraZeneca, which agreed to pay more than $5 million to settle charges that it breached provisions in an act after its subsidiaries in China and Russia were found to made improper payments in cash and gifts to healthcare providers so that they would purchase its product. Wait a minute. Wait, stop. So are we saying that AstraZeneca was bribing people to take that? Wait a minute. Isn't AstraZeneca one of the vaccine? Okay. Whatever. U.S. President Donald Trump has described the act as horrible law that put U.S. businesses abroad at a huge disadvantage. But legal experts did not expect any let up in enforcement. With more and more Chinese outbound investment, Chinese firms will become a focus for anti-corruption law enforcement globally. Next one. China Morning Post says Chinese company denies bribery child less by Patrick Ho in the U.S. In an international corruption scheme that spanned the globe, Ho and Gadio allegedly conspired to bribe African government officials on behalf of Chinese energy conglomerate. Acting Manhattan U.S. attorney Jun Kim said in a statement. Next article, Patrick Ho arrested in the U.S., The charges were based on their use of the U.S. banking system to process almost a million dollars in payoffs sent under the the guise of donation. Stop the press. Wait a minute. Didn't we just see all those Cathay Pacific bank accounts? Okay. Let's just stop right here. Where was that money going to? That money was going to Hunter Biden and Jim Biden and Joe Biden. Actually, it was going to the Oswaka Wells Fargo account. So again, were they really going after the fact that they were bribing people? No. The Department of Justice said you used our bank accounts to funnel the money. And it's like, stop the press. Wait. Were we looking at that or were we identifying the fact that Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, Frank Biden were getting millions and millions of dollars from Hudson West, the third, which is the company they picked, which was Hudson West, Hudson West two, Hudson West, the third and so on and so on and so on. 
oh, damn, that hoe got them real good, right? So this is Patrick Ho emails. Next. To Hunter Biden. Please send me bill or whatever accommodation contract from Fitzgerald Hotel Room. Or please tell me whom I should speak to or name of hotel people that I should get it from. I will take care of it as soon as I receive it. Number two. Check with Kevin. Monthly wire instruction should already be on the way. I will check with the accounting girl to make sure it's been submitted correctly. Should receive by early next week. The latest. Number three. I'm already working on Jim's travel and reimbursement. Number four. Kevin wants to talk to you in person. Would you have time to meet him? Or when would you have time to speak with him on the phone? Number five. Any expense report, paperwork, admin stuff? I can help take care. Please let me know. Have a good weekend and hope the pain is more manageable from the surgery. Get well soon. Oh, Hunter had surgery in 2017 into this thing. That's number one. Number two, damn, those Chinese people were wiring money to Hunter Biden from the account that the DOJ said was involved in money laundering. And Jim Biden, Joe Biden's brother, was getting money from them. Let's keep going. To Maggie Menos at lionhallgp.com. CCing Hunter Biden, Mervyn Yang, you know, of that company that the attorney, that the Secretary of State of Delaware said, no, we shut it down, you know, and um, Sarah Biden, what? What? From Lion Hall GP. That's another company. We'll get into that at another time because there's so much here. Good afternoon. Attached to the itemized reports of September and October's out-of-pocket travel and office expense reports and their totals. Also, the lease for the Fitzpatrick Hotel will be $12,500. There may be some addition, but in order to secure it, we need to receive the proper signature from Kevin on the documents. If there are any questions, feel free to reach out to me via email or phone. Regards, Maggie from the Lion Hall Group who CC'd Sarah Biden, Hunter Biden, and then Mervyn Gang from that, you know, corrupt company. Hey, Maggie, already spoke to Hunter and Kevin about Fitzgerald lease. Please send me the document that requires signature. We'll take care right away. The four attachments you sent from previous email were for September and October expenses. Already in progress. I don't think they're related to Fitzgerald. Thank you. Quite passive aggressive, right? All right, let's get into this. Robert Hunter Biden's Reading Club number two, plus 2018 business ideas and small desk deco. Happy New Year, Hunter. Enjoying the last day of my vacation before going back to work tomorrow. Interesting reading, new thoughts, and surprise for accomplished over the last week of vacation time. Please let me know your thought. Number one, Robert Hunter Reading Club 2018, reading number two. How did you like reading number one? I sent that to you via WeChat. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, snap. Tori, does Hunter Biden have WeChat? I don't know. Maybe his phone has WeChat. Maybe Tori knows his WeChat. Maybe Tori's been chatting with him on WeChat because I got WeChat. Tori's got the WeChat too. I've been having WeChat. Oh, You should be, you should be, you should be really, really impressed with Tori's WeChat skills. Very important. You should see some nice, what is it? Um, show me, well, how did he say that that one time? Um, 
Get me excited. Show me something. Man, you'll be surprised. You know what I do? Duck, duck, go. Check out some chicks. And then you go to the back end of the page where nobody checks. And you pick the most random one. Sometimes I'll even go to thispersondoesnexist.com. That's what's up. All right, let's keep going. Because, you know, your media is never going to tell you this. This is what this is the stuff you need to send to your representatives and say, WTF, man, how is this okay? Let's keep going. So you like a reading on WeChat? I sent you this. Reuters articles, blah, 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 blah. Nature, Science Daily. So he's giving him stem cell DNA increases cancer risk. You know, all these medical stuff. One of my New Year's wishes is that you drink less. The last study published by Nature shows that your alcohol is carcinogenic. Please don't have your family and friends who care about you worry much about your health. I will do anything and everything to make you happy so that alcoholic beverages, widely believed mythical function, the stress reliever won't be an excuse for your indulgence. It was crack, dude. It was crack, not alcohol. If alcohol, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it. The guy was trying to be sentimental. Nice assistant. That's how male assistants are in China, though. They get very involved. Number two, no business idea for Hudson West research. I mentioned to you about the idea of selling research or having Hudson West research publication as paid service billable delivery to the mothership or any other partners. I hope to mothership, huh? I hope to discuss more with you in detail about this idea, especially the thoughts on how to implement it. On other note, I have not forgot to translate my 50 page, 50 plus page Chinese report on natural gas into English for you. But before the holiday season vacation, I was caught up with one other assignment after another task in the office. So I plan to do a good job with the translation by using my own personal time and vacation time and give you a surprise when I come back from vacation. However, I'm very sorry for disappointing you that I only finished 25% of my original plan over vacation. This was because I got sick, very bad cold, and I had a small emergency to deal with to help my brothers. Nevertheless, I will finish it up for you in my personal time ASAP. Promise our mini book on natural gas is very comprehensive and practical. (sighs) Are you letting this percolate, you guys? Are you seeing this, guys? I'm just, I'm just, you know, he's like really excited. And Korean, it would be like, I don't know how they would get excited in Chinese. <laughs> just, it would be like the fist in the air. Ah, you know, yay. Right. Okay. So this is the stuff that, you know, your journalists and your real great pundits aren't showing you. Then he goes on, my personal contact, who I hope to introduce you to, potential deals for Hudson West. Through my previous work experience, I have built a few professional and personal collections who I feel might be helpful for us to talk potential ideas for Hudson West. For instance, my family friend, David Eldon, chairman of HSBC Middle East and board of director of Noble Group, <laughs> oh yeah, might be a person I think worth your time to talk. Besides, Explore possibility for business collaboration. He might be a good conservationist with interesting ideas that might benefit our business. Same thing with that couple, my other contacts in the energy sector, such as Boy Bashwar of Natixis, my other Natixis contacts and friends. As uh, such, I listed below the organization and contacts that I think you might find interesting. I wanted to tell you right before taking off for vacation, but it's very hard to reach you. I know you must be busy with other obligations, especially right before holiday season. I did mention a couple, not all, of the contacts below to Kevin and Mervin. Did not talk much about detailed thought. Want to talk to you more first. Just simply mention the idea of potentially acquire something that Noble might be selling. Kevin is especially interested in getting to know a little bit 
bit more about Noble and David Eldon. However, I want to discuss with you to see if you would be interested and whether this is something we should explore in 2018. And I won't do anything yet until I hear from you. Look at all these. Oh, KLS Diversified. Oh, Eileen. Next. New desk toys. It was not so nice of you to ditch the hard to get appointment. I have to apologize a th- 10,000 times, Sam, and I have lost my deposit, especially given a kind person like to lose a penny I could avoid. I did my best to find a couple of auspicious feng shui desk toys, especially for you. You will see them on your desk next time you are in office. I bought them with my own money as a gift for you, but I don't want anyone in the office to know about your lucky charms on the desk. So if anyone asks, especially the nosy office manager, I will just say they are my random toys for decorative purposes. (laughs) You mean their data collection, voice collection, video collection. This is why he was canned a couple months later. Uh, We'll get into that later. You see, playing dumb is really good. We chat. Damn, I got stories on that. We'll explain to you about each item's purpose and setup over time and over the phone. Anyway, personal stuff. Let's get on to the next section. Hey, Hunter, let's see. Uh, this is him. You know, he's trying to push himself. Let's see. Ideas, thoughts. I just want the good stuff. Hi, Hunter. I just learned from Mervin about dissolution of LLC. And I was told that my last day in the office should be March 31st this morning. It's a bit quite a surprise for me as I didn't expect everything will happen so sudden and so quickly. Just hope everything is going well with you. Even though Mervyn didn't tell me the specifics, rationales behind the decision, I understand that there must be good reason for the decision you, Uncle Jim, Kevin, and Mervyn made. <laughs> Wait, Joe Biden, right? Kevin and Mervyn, you know, the guy that signed the Hudson West, the third. Here it is. They're saying that. There's a dissolution of the LLC, but this is from March 26, 2018. The guy was given four days notice, but the dissolution didn't happen, according to the Delaware Secretary of State, until November 2nd. So I'm a little bit confused. Are you? Because I am. I am very confused. So that's quite fascinating stuff right there. What? There was no audio. Are you kidding? Um, Okay, so this guy went to jail, right? This guy went to jail. Patrick Ho went to jail. But, um, you know, FISA goes both ways. You guys know that. I mean, that's not a, you know, not a huge, you know, whatever, right? Okay, you heard it all. Good. But there's, there's a lot more that... I want to get out to you. I was really hoping that my guests would have finished their darn meeting. So I I could probably do them tomorrow. That didn't come out right. Maybe they'll come on tomorrow. Hold on. (laughs) Maybe they'll come on tomorrow. I know they're busy. I mean, you know, everyone's busy. Um, Specifically when you're rated and stuff, right? You get real busy. Um, But it would be important for us to see... What I've just put out to you, this is why it wasn't on Facebook and um, YouTube. They did all this. This was Joe, Jim, Frank, and Hunter Biden. Patrick Ho was simply an out. There's, um, I'm trying to find one thing to show you before I go. Let me see if I can find it. Give me a sec. 
Um, I'm scrolling through. It's pretty awesome. Just trying. Um, can we? Okay, hold on, guys. I'm gonna find this. Give me a second. Looking for all the good stuff. Okay, there we go. Um, which one should should I share? I mean, I should share the emails, how they're colluding and saying how they're going to get their friend off. I think that's important because I'm going to put it in the article anyway, but um, it's really important that people understand just how they actually got money for Patrick Ho as well. Okay, so this is after the DOJ announcement. Hold on. Um, and I started with the whole Christie's thing. I want to show this to you guys. All right, here we go. You ready? Oh, it's late again. It's not working for me. Hold on. It's it's, it's like, you know, it's like, come on. Do you know how much stuff I have? Stop. I wanted to show April's video. And the thing's just constantly not being my friend. Oh. We're going to, we're going to finish off the show with April. Okay. It just got on there. So that's perfect. Um, just waiting on this to, to do its thing. There we go. And all right. So you already saw this email, right? We're just going to scroll through this little puppy right here. Give me a second. All right. James Biden sends an email to Hunter Biden. Just found this in an old email. Should we try to wrap it back into them? <laughs> you mean frame them? <laughs> Look at Argentina. Shoot. We're going to have to get into the, the South American portion of it later. I mean, stop. You know, when our president was down there, I mean, that's what's up. I was like, you remember when... They were high-fiving each other, Putin and uh, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. You remember that high-five? That was pretty awesome. All right, let's keep going. He found this email from 2017. Hi, Jim. Jonathan Lee was in New York last week. Hunter told him to go to his office. But at the end, Hunter had some problems since he never showed up. Jonathan Lee is in Beijing until Friday. If you want to set up a meeting there with someone of the hunter's client would be perfect for it. If Jonathan Lee needs to go to Shanghai, I'm not pretty sure if he can do it, but we can try. Please advise now. Thanks, Nico. Nico, can you provide the call-in number? CFEC. Wait a minute, James Biden. Wait a minute, James Biden. Are you... Wait, pay attention. CFEC will be in the U.S. along with Hunter, right? I'll join the call. We saw these. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get Mervyn Yang, right, the signatory. Let's go. Where is the, the the conversations? Hold on. I've got conversations where they're talking smack. These are all organized nicely. These are Edward Kim, the lawyer, cell phones, Nick's Hudson West. We got that. Um, this is managing partner at Cold Harbor Capital LLC, some point later, the ownership was divided between Hunter's Law Firm from firm Owasco PC and Cold Harbor Capital LLC. Do you guys remember how I had that article up that I already published on Hunter? I think it was in the in the um, in the uh, 
uh, Plum Island one. See, this is where I drop, like, you know, I embed other things. In there, I had the Owasco Wells Fargo account showing you how he had control and access to all of them to wire himself money and access it, right? For hookers, remember, he was spending like 500 bucks, $99 on streaming hookers uh, from Plum Island. So, um, Owasco PC and Owasco LLC, they're all the same. These are all shell companies uh, with the Chinese. Mervyn Yang, you know, obviously, um, is is the guy that was running the Hudson West, the third, third, remember, third. Um, I wanted to get into um, how they were talking about how they're going to get away with this. So this is from 2017. This isn't it. Um Okay, so in 2018, um, they were being asked about money, how much money, how Sarah Biden had um, a credit card issued. Okay, so the Chinese had issued three credit cards, Chinese credit cards, to Jim Biden, Sarah Biden, and Hunter Biden with a 30000 credit limit per month and 90000 in cash collateral with the issuer booked as a current asset. So I want to make that clear. Sarah Biden, Hunter Biden, and Jim Biden all had credit cards issued to them by uh, the um, Chinese government. I just wanted to uh, point that out because, you know, stuff. Lion Hall, morning, Sarah, right? Send me the Lion Hall and Wasco W9. A, uh, Hudson West the third is filing final taxes. Okay. As per our call, hold on. That's Kazakhstan. Where is the emails where they were talking about? Oh, I can't find it. I'll have to find it and put it up in the article. There was an email how they were saying, well, since Hunter Biden's on it, this is how much it's going to cost us for the white collar crime guys. Listen, it's all over the Chinese are in the Democrat pockets. Uh, we have everything, okay? Your media on the right is not talking about it. You know what pisses me off is that people, you know, have this and they're not doing diddly squat about it, okay? We've put it up all on files. We're sharing it with big journalists. Nobody wants to touch this because they're all losers and don't care. It's called self-preservation. They're more worried about their paycheck tomorrow than they are about taking care of business, and their job as journalists is to put this out and hold them accountable. So this is a very, very big problem. And I, and I very much so dislike how they pursue, you know, this episode is going to be sealed, right? I'm going to take it down after it's done. I'm just letting you know that now. Um, they can hear it, but they can't see it. Just letting you know. So anyway, I'm going to finish off with, April's video here, who did amazing, and she is a guardian of the state of Florida. Take a listen and be proud. My name is April Carney, and I am the mother of two daughters, and I've been in the DCPS school system now for six years. And I'm here to address the current executive order that Ron DeSantis signed yesterday regarding mask wearing and how it's affecting our children at school. My youngest daughter is in fifth grade. She's going to middle school next year. These are her last three weeks of school. This has been the hardest year we've had. 
She doesn't get to see her friends smile. She doesn't get to see her teachers smile. She doesn't get to see her other friends that are not in her classroom this year. She comes home with headaches. She's had two bouts of strep throat. She has contact dermatitis on her face. She's getting acne prematurely. She's not even going through puberty yet. It's very upsetting as a parent to see your child emotionally distraught because of a piece of cloth that's being forced to wear on their face when they don't have to wear it anywhere else in this state. I don't know about you guys, but I've always thought that a public school district was part of the government. To my knowledge, the Florida Department of Education reports to Governor Ron DeSantis. You're not a corporation. You're not a small business. You don't get to make those decisions. The CDC does not get to make those decisions for us. The executive order that was put in place gives us the opportunity to have a choice. If you'd like to wear the mask, please do so. If it makes you feel safer, please do so. But please don't discriminate against our children who have no voice. I am here for those children. They are, I can't even begin to tell you how many kids don't even want to go to school because they can't stand to wear the mask on their face. Not only does it deprive their brains of oxygen, but it makes them sick, canker sores, sore throats, tooth decay. It also causes chronic stress. How are they supposed to sit in a room and take the FSA when they're constantly fiddling with a mask or something that's bothering them? Or my daughter who has to wear glasses fogged up all the time and can't see or can't understand her teacher because she can't understand what she's saying through the mask. Until I see something in writing that says that you all are a separate entity and do not follow executive orders from our governor, I'm having a really difficult time with this. And I know that I'm not the only parent in this state. I'm talking for the whole state, not just Duval County. I happen to be privileged enough to run a, a group of over 500 Floridians who are showing up at every single school board meeting with the same concerns. Thank you, Ms. Carney. Thank you. Boy, in the House of Commons, uh, that would be called the maiden speech. That is April Carney from Duval County near Jacksonville, Florida. She is part of the War Room Posse. One of the things that we try to do is say, hey, we'll provide information, but it's about human agency. That right there is bringing heat. That is agency. Compare April Carney, compare her to Tony Fauci. April Carney lays down right there, like a howitzer. Bang, 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 bang. Right? Hey, and that school board wanted no part of that. Don't talk to me about 2022. Don't particularly talk to me about 2024. They don't even, today. The only thing that matters is today, okay? And that matters of what happened on November 3rd, and that's, you see it on the deck plates out there in Arizona at that convention center, right? And you see it in these school boards around the country. They're not sitting there listening to Fauci spin in his happy talk. He spun, he spun uh, Stephanie Rule right there. She's tough. Right? She, he spun uh, the Today Show, Savannah Guthrie, the other day. The spin. You're not going to spin April Carney from the War Room Posse. No, sir, re, Bob. 
kaboom, kaboom, kaboom in your grill. I want to bring on, and by, have I said it, the women are the vanguard of this? This is bigger than 2010. That's why they're retiring. They see what's coming. It's not redistricting, and it's not, it's not, not all the, you know, this is, we're bringing heat at school board levels and on these precinct committee men. April did amazing, didn't she? And that's what we need to be doing. We need to be turning up to every single local meeting we can because truth can't be canceled. Nothing like that can be canceled. And we will be canceling all those things that don't not shape reality, but are factual reality, not perceived. God bless. Fully independent, there's no label who can drop me. Y'all been starting rumors, let me help you with some. Yeah. He's a racist, he's a sexist, he's in love with Donald Trump. Y'all can't cancel me, my life is scandal free. There ain't no sponsors taking losses cause the brand is me. My hands are clean, my family and my fans agree. Y'all can't cancel me for facts because you're mad and weak. Go ahead and tell the world I'm ugly and racist. I braid my hair and I don't care about cultural appropriation. I moved to the ghetto, lived in the ghetto, there's no Caucasians. And still I loved every single one of my neighbors. How's a man say I'm clickbait? If he gonna use this face to get clicks on his page, y'all hypocrites are made. But I ain't tripping about these bullies, it ain't sixth grade. Go ahead and diss me trying to sell a couple mixtapes.